Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning and welcome to the Football Digest weekly podcast and what a week we've got to build up to um, this weekend really. A fantastic climax to the Premier League title race and Premier League season. Uh, which way is it going to go? Here to decide which way is Jeremy Cross, Chief Sports Writer of the Daily Star, Andy Dunn, Chief Sports Writer of the Daily Mirror and Matt Dunn of the Daily Express. Um, what a fantastic season we've had, guys. I mean, really, Man City v Liverpool has been the absolute highlight. We've seen an Arsenal meltdown this week, so I'm sure we'll touch on that. And Eric Ten Hag, what a, what a, yeah, what an in, in, in trade he's got at, at Old Trafford as he arrives and starts this week. So we'll be looking at that as well, really. But I guess there's only one place to start, which is the kind of the Premier League title race. Um, History should be in Manchester City's favour, Jeremy, shouldn't it? But I don't know. I can't get over the fact that basically there couldn't be another Aguero moment, could there? There couldn't. Ten years on, there couldn't possibly be one final twist and one last-minute drama, could there? I hope not, because I was at that game when Aguero scored that goal. I was just staring at my laptop, wondering, a blank laptop screen, wondering how to sum up what was an astonishing sort of finish to that season. It'll never be forgotten, will it? But no, I think City will do it. I mean, like you said, the, the, these two teams have been in this situation before a couple of seasons ago and City got over the line. Um, I think part of the deal with City is, obviously they went out of the Champions League in such sort of agonising circumstances at, um, at Real Madrid. And since then, they've, they've actually been, you know, really strong. They've scored a lot of goals. I know they dropped two points at West Ham last weekend, but the second half performance was really, really good. Um and also, you know, the playing the playing for one trophy, they can only win one trophy now. And the prospect of them not winning the Premier League title is unthinkable, really, in the uh, upper echelons of the Etihad boardroom, given the fact that City spent £100 million on Jack Grealish last summer and made him, you know, the most expensive player in British history. So I think that's driving them on. And, you know, Villa, Villa will be a tough, a tough game. Um, they're quite a good side, Villa, and... Stephen Jones doing a great, great job there. Um, but I fully expect them to win and win comfortably and, and pit Liverpool to it. But, but yeah, two astonishing teams this season. It's been a privilege to watch them play. Andy, do you, do, do you see any, any sort of similarities? In which way do you think it's going to go final day? I mean, everything, you know, all logic, um, all form, you know, points to Manchester City. Um but as Jeremy said, you know, he referenced the agonising way they lost in Real Madrid. And, you know, in fact, it was quite agonising that they didn't win and didn't really wrap up the league title last Sunday, you know, with Mares missing that penalty. And that sort of, that sort of, you know, on that same weekend, Liverpool win another trophy on penalties. 
And the only thing you can do, you can only go on a hunch. And you can only, I mean, Liverpool, you can only suggest that Liverpool will win the Premier League title on a hunch that everything has fallen for Liverpool so well throughout the entire season. You know, I mean, if you think that they, you know, um, City largely outplayed them in, in their league um, encounters, only for Mares to miss a golden chance to win that game at the Etihad. City that missed that penalty last week in the FA Cup semi-final. Pep Guardiola plays, you know, um, not a full-strength team. Um, and Liverpool win. Liverpool get the best draw they could possibly have in the Champions League. City get Real Madrid and lose. Now, I'm not saying there's any any element of, you know, great fortune about what Liverpool have done because, you know, you, you don't do what they've done, which is basically remain unbeaten in the Premier League in 2022. And in the Cups, you know, you don't do that without being a formidable team. But you just... If you say the Liverpool are going to win the league title on Sunday, you are going on 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 the basically on on the hunch that it's it's written in the stars or something as romantic or as like illogical as that because logic tells you that City beat Villa on Sunday. I mean, let's get it right. You know, I mean, Villa are a decent side and they have you know some good options on the counter attack and City do have defensive issues as was highlighted in that first half against West Ham. You, know, you don't need possession. West Ham had, I don't know, 15, 16, 17% possession scored two goals. So they can do it. And they've got good players on the counter-attack. We all know that. But let's be logical about it. You know, City beat Villa sort of 19 times out of 20 in that game at home, if not more. Villa played tonight. You know, Villa have got a game against Burnley, who have got something, well, well, I've got their I've got their Premier League survival to fight for. So that's going to be a tough game. So 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 Burnley uh, Villa are playing tonight, you know, literally. You know, just over 48 hours before the game. I'm um, sorry, 54 hours, um, 50, whatever, 72 hours before the game against City. So everything, everything suggested City should win this game, um, and that's why the bookmakers' odds, I assume, are probably about 10 to one on in City. I think one thing's for sure, John: Liverpool will beat Wolves. <laughs> so you know, and then it'll be over. I, I don't know. I, I, I am just of the opinion that I don't know, fate or not. I don't think any team's going to have this sort of chance to win a quadruple again. Liverpool have won two cups without actually winning either final in normal time. It's just, as I say, the only the only case you can make is for it to be some sort of preordained, you know, occurrence. But I mean, yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't say to anyone this is why Villa will beat City. Two two weird things there, Andy. Firstly, I don't think you've ever called me John before, and then secondly. <laughs> I, I, there is. I think you're so right. There, I think there's going to be a point when you think about it. Basically, Man City have to beat Villa, don't they? It's quite simple. Yeah. And then basically, say for example, <laughs> basically Liverpool. Um, uh, 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 say at one point, Man City are drawing nil nil with Villa. Mm. Liverpool go ahead at home to Wolves. All of a sudden, Matt, you, you're getting nervous, aren't you? If, if yeah, you know, why not? City fan. That's what it's about, isn't it? Yeah, it's not about logic. Your City win, but come on, there's going to be a twist, isn't there? R- written, in the, in the written in the stars. I tell you what, if you want a last gas slip up to, to decide a title, then Stephen Gerrard's your man. 
This has been written in the stars since 2014. This is his chance for payback. You know, he can be the hero again. I mean, cost that Denver Bar goal against Chelsea all those years ago. Cost his own chance of winning a title with Liverpool. They should send him a medal. They get 40 of them. They should send him a medal when they beat or hold City um, in that game. There's, yeah, exactly. You know, nice early goal at, uh, against Wolves, third minute. Suddenly they get noise of that. Uh, at the Etihad, and there's dramas there. It's what the final day is all about. I mean, yeah, logic says a million, probably 19 out of 20, I think, you know, 99 out of 100, of course, City win the title. But we've got to cling on to the hope that we've got that drama. That's what, what our football's all about, isn't it? Roy the Rovers and all the rest of it. And, and yeah, Stephen Gerrard, who's the closest thing to Roy the Rovers I think we've, we've ever had in English football, he's right at the heart of it. So, of course, it's written in the stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forty medals, but they're not engraved. Uh, but they're not engraved until next week. <laughs> I suppose they can't do it. They can't do it quick enough, can they? But I mean, it does show that they've got two backup sort of uh, presentations on hand, which shows the, the, the dramatic nature of it. Really, mm. Jeremy, is there any argument? Right, say for example, you know, either side win. Are they? Are they by definition the best team? Or, or are Man City better than Liverpool or vice versa this season? How do you see it as, as a team? Well, I mean, look, if you win the league, you, you deserve to win it, don't you? Because it's it, it's 38 games. It's um, it's a long slog, you know, especially we're still sort of suffering from a congested fixture list after COVID. And, um, you know, it's very demanding. And, there's you know, there's some great teams. In, I, know, I know it's... It's been a two-horse race this season, but there are still some great teams in the Premier League. It's very competitive, and um, whoever wins deserves it because it's 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 they will have been the most consistent team. These two, it's hard to pick a winner between these two. Really, I mean, you know, Liverpool play a different way to City. Uh, they're probably a bit more exciting to watch than City are. Um, City have got so much quality, and they're so well drilled, and they're so well coached. You know, and long may it continue because. You know, these two teams are probably going to dominate for the next three, four years. City have signed Haaland, Liverpool, no doubt, strengthen in the summer. And they're going to be running away with it again, I would imagine. But it's a privilege to, to see them play. And, you know, whoever wins it, I think, will 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 be deserving. Yeah. Uh, Matt, Matt, Andy, Matt touched on Gerard being an influence. And me and Matt were both at St Mary's in the, in the week. And... Um, you know, Klopp was asked whether he'd speak to Gerard before the game. I'm sure. I'm sure that he might text him or send him a WhatsApp. Of course. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, in, in, football's a professional sport, right? And, yeah. But basically, we play play on emotion, you know, as well, don't we? Come on. It, it, I, I mean, Gerard's team talk before that game, or more pertinently, does he does he rest players tonight? Come on, how do you how do you see? I mean, Gerard talks a good guy. Gerard's a brilliant diplomat since he's been in in management. Clearly, didn't want to rise to the bait and take the bait yesterday. Yeah. But but blimey, sure, he wouldn't be human unless he unless he gave an extra bit for for, for his old team. What can he give, John? He's only the manager. I I think the whole Gerald thing is a complete and utter so pretty much an irrelevance to be fair. Oh, you kill joy. Gerard is Roy of the Rovers. Gerard is one of my absolute... He's going to be in a suit. What's he supposed to do? Manager. He's an absolute <laughs> god. I mean, he's going to be wearing a suit and some sneaker or some loafers or whatever. What's he supposed to do, pal? I mean... Oh, it's, 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 uh, he'll find something. And also, let me... Let, let, 
and also let me tell you one other thing. Well, one other thing about that whole scenario when we build up the Jedi and whatever. This what you're going to do. If there's any suggestion that Steven Gerrard only motivates his Aston Villa team or motivates him to an even greater extent because it would help Liverpool, then that would be a crushing indictment on his professionalism, and he doesn't want that. Let's get that right. What are you trying to say? He's going to throw Burnley tonight so, so he can help Liverpool out on Sunday. It's Aston Villa he's managing on, mate. You know, he, he, he's got no... He, he will... You know, people say to me, well... Like, you know, um, sort of um, the, 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 he, he eventually is earmarked or destined to be Liverpool manager. Well, you don't become Liverpool manager by managing your current club differently against different teams. And listen, I'm only saying everything that he would say because, you know, you, so in that sense, he does naturally perform any particular sort of significant role. He's not going to turn around tonight and say, take it easy against Burnley, lads, because we've got... We can we can try and win the title for Liverpool. Big deal. Why would Villa players want Liverpool to win the title? You know, maybe some stop, Villa players stop Jack Grealish getting the title medal. Well, maybe, maybe some Villa players are, are good friends with Jack Grealish. <laughs> oh, you're being too sensible, no, Andy. It's the last day of the season. No, seriously. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm sure they could be friendly with Jack Grealish. Oh. Who knows? Villa might have financial incentives if if, if Jack Grealish wins the title with City. You just don't know. But the idea that, that, that Gerard's going to like, you know, somehow sort of, um, be, he's not, he's the manager and he's and, and, and he'll send the team out. And there's half a chance that half of them will be thinking we've got nothing to play for anyway. And listen, uh, hopefully, hopefully they'll put more of a shift in than, than Southampton did at the game you boys saw the other night. I mean, hopefully they will actually give it a go. <laughs> I don't know. I think it'd be a bit. In fairness, Crossy, Gerard was asking about Liverpool, wasn't he? Before the Liverpool, they played Liverpool two weeks ago, didn't they? Was it last week? We were both there, weren't we? Was it last week? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. Game a good game. They gave, they gave a push Liverpool. They took an early lead within three, yeah. four minutes and really, it was a great game. Yeah. They absolutely pushed Liverpool to the, to the limit that night. So, you know. You didn't no, you're right, Jeremy. You're right, Jeremy. I think they took a three, third minute lead, quickly regretted it and gave Liverpool a, a goal back after six minutes. So, no, I, um, <laughs> I digress. But, um... <laughs> Matt, at least we're we're on the same page, mate. Well, that's Friday. Romantics start, together, hey. you know. We'll hold hands at Chelsea tonight and stuff. Well, you know? very much so. Nothing else. Um, to do. I did, you know. I, I, I the only my, my, I must say, maybe, maybe I'm being harsh on on, on Gerard, but the, the the pressure factor must must be a big factor into into City because I felt as if City wouldn't say sort of kind of were under. You know, sort of felt that pressure at West Ham on 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 Sunday, but they looked a little bit nervous, didn't they, at times? Or was that just West Ham being good? I mean, I mean, I mean, surely the issue is, again is take away all the nerves and pressure. Surely the issue with City is that, is that they are vulnerable defensively. I mean, yeah. I, I, I was at the when they smashed Wolves five one or, or whatever it is, and to be perfectly honest, with you you know, it, it could have been 12, 16, 20, we name it. Well, when Wolves counterattacked. In the same way, West Ham, they looked as though they might concede. So, yeah. so there is that. That's that, that's the actual practical thing that you look at that game and think, well, actually, you know, the players that have got, you know, Watkins and people like that can hit a makeshift City defence. I mean, I don't know who the four will be. Um, I assume it will be, I don't know, it will be Jazz, Cancelo, Fernandino yeah. again. Yeah, well, I think it's safe to assume Fernandino is not a centre back. No, I know, and, and Zinchenko's not a left back, and can tell us. In fact, none of them are probably anything with the word back in it, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. So, 
They could they, they could yeah. easily hit them on the counter attack, but then City could easily just you know City could be we could be sat here in in in, in a few days time and City could be you know three up after half an hour. Yeah, the one that slightly confuzzled me on Sunday was Nathan Ake, who's obviously on the bench, but I was reassured that he was basically he was barely fit enough to walk from the uh, from the tunnel to the subs yeah. bench basically. So he's he's kind of on one leg at the moment as well. And Andy, I think you you do touch on a good point there. In that basically, Matt, they were so vulnerable Sunday, weren't they? City, you know, there's a basically the ball, one, you know, balls over the top, diagonal balls in behind. Oh, they were really, really struggling, weren't they? You know, so there's hope there for Villa, maybe. Yeah, and plus Villa will feel. I was at Brighton in 2019 mm. when City had to win again, the similar uh, situation. Um, Brighton took a one 0 lead in that game, and you could tell the players felt they were part of a story. Part of they, they, you know, regardless of whether they lift themselves, they feel they're part of a narrative. Uh, and yeah. They were playing better than I'd seen them play that season. Then for about half an hour, and then City equalised, and then rattled in another three goals, and it all sort of petered out. And City rightly were crowned champions. I mean, if Phil, but but if Phil do get a sense that they are doing something while Liverpool are winning. Then, then they're going to grow and feel that they've got a part to play in this in this story. So, uh, so yeah, uh, and, and City aren't the team they were three years ago either. That 2019 team when they were rolling off results with no problems. So, I, I, perhaps there is a twist. So, logic again. I'll, I'll be honest I'm with Andy on the logic side. It is hard to, but there are reasons why it could be different this time. And I think we've got to cling on to them because I think the, the the final day of the season deserves some sort of drama after everything that's gone on so far. Krusty, would you like to see Stevie G name himself on the substitutes bench and maybe bring <laughs> himself on with it poised at 1-1 with 20 minutes to go and maybe pick up the ball, dribble through, lash yeah. up the top corner, win it, for, win, it for and win it for Liverpool? <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just, I love Stevie G. I think he's a brilliant, brilliant player. Roy the Rovers player. You, yeah, you want to still kind of, if you want to, you know, you want to, I mean, I know people say, oh, various points you want to leave or whatever, but I just think one club, man, I just think, you know, yeah, he basically, he is, he is Roy Race, Melchester Rovers, you know, and so basically I'm sure he's destined at some point to to go back to um, Liverpool as, as, as manager, really. But, you know, Liverpool are just an absolutely phenomenal title-winning, sort of, you know, trophy-winning machine, aren't they, really? But I do think, in in some ways, they're... Well, they won that many. Well, no, no, they won, they won two. It's not bad, you know. Yeah, no, but, I mean, over, over the, the whole piece. The Southampton PA system did belt out meatloaves two out of three, ain't bad. So, basically, <laughs> that, that they obviously think they know where the title's going. And I have to say, focusing on, you know, focusing on Man City, I just think that... You know, Liverpool, have, in many ways, have, because of this quadruple chase, they've quite rightly dominated a lot of headlines, got a lot of focus. But City are, a City have been, at, in, in my mind, I'd voted De Bruyne actually as player of the year. I just think they've been absolutely phenomenal to watch. And basically, if they win the title, there's, there's, there's absolutely no question they're the best team in the Premier League. But if you do something unbelievable, like winning a treble or a quadruple, you also equally set yourself down, set yourselves out for greatness, and you could see the emotion, you know, Matt. I think coming out of Klopp on 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 post match Tuesday, couldn't you? You know, it, it, this season means means a lot to him and means it's, a lot to Liverpool, doesn't it? It's the hope that kills, I think, for Klopp yeah. at the minute. I mean, it's it is so close, and I would say that if City win the title, and then Liverpool go on to win the Champions League, 
City may be the best team in the Premier League, but the best team in England would be Liverpool because to get that far in those trophies and get within a point of City, um, you know, you measure it over as normally you measure consistency over a, uh, over a Premier League season. Well, actually, you can take the cup competitions into account as well this time. Uh, and Liverpool's achievement, if they can win that Champions League final, it is something that we've not seen since 1999, that sort of consistency. Uh, and I would put that achievement up there with 1999, even though it's not a proper treble, um, with them, uh, you know, to have come through so many games. Uh, and yeah, and they were, it was a measure of why quadruples don't happen normally was that team sheet against Southampton. You know, you need to have a squad. And, and to be fair, Liverpool's squad isn't as strong as City's. City are better equipped for a quadruple, which makes it all the more remarkable that was, after all the talk about City winning quadruples, it's Liverpool who are coming closest. Yeah. yeah. You've got to remember, though, Cross, if City win the title, that'd be four titles in five years. Astonishing. That's an amazing mm. achievement. That's a dynasty, that. I mean, I yeah. think Fergie was the last manager to win back-to-back titles before Guardiola did it with City. So it shows you how hard that is to do. So yeah. Four and five is a is a you know that it takes them doing that. And that yeah, I mean, Jim, we have sit, we we know that City get very upset about focus and sort of kind of you know Liverpool getting credit and sort of kind of the uh, uh, you know lion's share of the coverage or whatever it might be. Basically, I mean, not as far as I'm concerned. I have to say, just because I think City are absolutely you know phenomenal. Guardiola's reinvented you know, various things about the aspects of football. I just think he's an absolute genius. Four out of five, as you as you rightly say. I mean, wow. It's just astonishing, isn't it, really? And Yeah, that's, know, that'll, that'll, be his, that'll be his legacy when he leaves, you know, how much mm. domestic success he's had. All right, yeah. he's still not won the Champions League and he may, he may not win it. We don't know how long he's going to be there. I think with Haaland signing now, he's, that probably is a strong indication he's going to do at least another couple of years. Yeah, um, he's got yeah. to have made that promise, by the way, isn't he? He's got I would have to have made. So, yeah, I mean, Harland's, you know, yeah. first question, isn't it? How long yeah, are you around? So, yeah, he's it. Harland's signed for City because Pep Guardiola is the manager, basically. You know, mm. he could earn the same amount of money at various other clubs. He could have gone anywhere he wanted, really. But what he what's up, done I love I love the, uh, the, the 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 romance of it, but I think Arlen's first question was how much I would have thought, or I told you romance. I mean, you know, listen, I I, I think uh, listen, Harland, I, I don't know, and, and that's the same. I mean, I mean, just listen, I, I, I'm I'm with you all on 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 how great the footballers they play, but listen, for the amount of investment they've made, they should be competing. At the very top, every single year, shouldn't they? And I know City won't like it, but listen, they spend fortunes. And the fact that the fact that they can go out and score ninety six goals so far this season, get ninety points, and then still go out and buy um, Early Haaland for an awful lot of money and pay him whatever it may be four hundred grand a week, they should be there. I mean, let's let, let's not get too sort of you know um, misty eyed and romantic about what Guardiola is doing there. He's doing a very. He, I love the football they play, but they should be there. There's no there's no doubt about it. It's a, they can protest all they want, but they spend the most money. I mean, it is just a fact. You know, the, 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 there's no actually escaping this this idea. If you're in a position where you can win a league title and then go out and spend one hundred million pounds on Jack Grealish, maybe win another league title and go out and, and spend. Fifty-one million pound release cause early Holland. That's just the tip. Then pay him the extravagant, extravagant salary that, that he will demand, and the extravagant agent fees. You're in a very privileged position. 
I mean, you, you really are. You, you know, so it, it's it's no it's no fairy tale. Let's put it that way. What I would say, Cross, is if Pep doesn't doesn't win the Champions League, that would be a huge black mark against his his CV there, because essentially they got Guardiola to become manager at City to to make the Champions of Europe, and they've come so close, but you know. We continue to come up short, and that if he does leave, if he does end up leaving City without ever winning the Champions League, it will be a stain on his on his mm. sort of CV. And that sounds a bit harsh, considering how many trophies he's won domestically. But you know, there's no getting away from that. Yeah. I'll tell you why I think it's Champions harsh. League. I just think he's an he's an innovator, Jeremy. I just think you know, I look at I look at the way they sort of kind of play and set up and tactically. I just love watching them play. It's like he's reinvented football, mate. He passes the, they pass the ball to each other. No, you're wrong, mate. You're wrong. No, well, I, I, I'm wrong. So how about, how about, for example, so so in what what is the difference? Say, let's let's think the the Liverpool team of the late seventies and early eighties. Yeah. I, I mean, let me tell you, they played some absolutely sensational football. Mm. You know, how about the Ajax team of the the Cryfiers? You know, I'll speak to my father, and when Ajax came and gave Liverpool a schooling in the European Cup. He will say it's the same type of football. You know, we are only. I, mean, I, I agree, Jay. I think it's lovely to watch, but he hasn't reinvented the wheel. Don't no, forget, Leeds in the seventies. No, he has, you see, because this is. You the think thing. he has. I, I think that Guardiola, right? I know people <laughs> say, "Oh, everyone plays out from the back now." He took playing out from the back, right, to a whole new level. He raised the bar and said, "This is how it's done." And, we, and everyone's tried to copy it since. It, it, Edison is just brilliant. Fullbacks, look at the fullbacks. Look at the way he sets up his fullbacks and his team, and it plays into it. I mean, they might as well be midfielders, these guys. The way, you, I mean, he's, honestly, tactically, break it down. Honestly, he, the, the, this is the point. This is my whole point. I'm not detracting in any way from your, what Jurgen Klopp does, right? Because he's sometimes his high tempo and his pressing game is phenomenal, brilliant to watch. But I just think that, you know, Guardiola is an innovator, completely original, you know, unique, a magnificent coach. And the two of them together, you put the two of them together, I'm almost tempted to say, you know, it's a heart, heart, heart to heart. And it, when they put them together, it was murder. But no, it was just absolutely astonishing. You know, they are brilliant. They are taking English football to a whole new level. And I just think one English football. Oh, not English football. I mean, for goodness sake, how many English players are there amongst those players? You're not taking English football to level. And, and when no, you say to, when you say original, when you say original, I mean it's so original, so innovative, whatever. I mean, there was a phrase "total football." I mean, it was there for a reason. Yeah. I mean, you've clearly got Premier League itis like the rest of them. You don't, you don't think it ever existed before the Premier League, but there was a reason. It was called total football, and in fact, of course, Guardiola was probably a disciple. Of that total football, mm. so he's only. But then he's taken total football and he's pushed it on. <laughs> yes. Total, total anyway, football. let's go round the room. Uh, uh, Matt, Matt, total something, anyway. I'll tell you that. Who? What happens on Sunday? What happens? Scoreline, please, and a little potted, you know, a little potted summary of what you think develops across the two games. I think. Who's going first? Donny, you go. Uh, I think the cheating football, if Liverpool don't take an early lead and put some pressure on or put some sort of doubt on it, I think that'll survive for a bit. Liverpool will score again and win 2-0 against Wolves, but City will get the the goal they they basically need. And unfortunately, logic will beat 
comic book heroes and uh, we'll have a city title, full city title in five years, with uh, uh, fairly comfortably in the end. But there'll be a little bit of jeopardy. That's what I'm thinking. Jeremy? Uh, well, Liverpool will beat Wolves comfortably, I think, because I think Wolves are pretty much down tills in recent weeks. But um, I think City will concede a goal to Villa. I, I don't think they're strong enough to keep a clean sheet, but I think they'll win. I think they'll run out 3-1 winners and it'll all be a bit of a procession in the end, I think. Andy? I'm just reading out to you, and he has no relation, no relation to me. But if you look at Tommy, Tommy Gunn, yeah. oh yeah, your brother's been on Tommy. He's yeah, yeah. not in relation yeah. to me. You could have changed it, mate. Thanks, Tommy. Um, but the Barcelona team of Xavi were miles better than City. I like watching City, and and but Crossy isn't right about City being interesting. I mean, that Barcelona what, what team. What does Crossy... family do on Saturday, Tony? <laughs> 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 but hey, but to be to be fair, he does have a point, does he? I mean, remember remember the Barcelona team that the Barcelona team that took United apart at Wembley in the Champions League. Well, final. they did him twice, didn't he? Sorry, <laughs> yes, they did twice. They gave him a one, twice. But that one in particular. Tommy, no need to apologise as he's saying sorry there. Just just next time, make it red wine for the family. The family lunch. <laughs> Absolutely, that was an excellent. Come on, Uncle Tommy. <laughs> Oh, Anyway, love it. Anyway, Sunday. Listen, I, I mean, I, I just go back to what I said. At the start logic says um, City, but I, I just have a hunch, just a, a wild hunch that the Villa will nick a draw at City and Liverpool will nick the title. Yeah, <laughs> we wrapped it up. We wrapped it Sorry, it's the opposite to everything you just said. It was logical and. Yeah, I do. I, 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 He's a romantic at heart, Crossy. No, no, no. It's because I think. <laughs> it, well, it's because I think it is just li- li- literally just. I just think that you know. I, I, I probably believe in coincidence. I just think everything's gone so well for Liverpool that it just might continue that way. Yeah, Alan Chamberlain. Come on, come on, We'll hopefully get a medal or some sort of acknowledgement on the pitch of the Etihad for making it. What oh, well, I mean, I mean, to be fair, must get a medal as the worst, as the worst um, showpiece referee that I've seen in the Paul Tierney. Oh. oh, you're with Alan on this one with Paul Tierney? Oh, you know, I mean, yeah. honestly, I think that sometimes I think that, you know, the referee stuff is, is, is a bit overblown and I just feel, no, we're not living in a great era, but we have got some good refs. Paul Tierney isn't one of them. And all of a sudden, he's been promoted into Sunday 4.30. Please. Was Tierney the referee who disallowed the handball at uh, Rodri's handball at Everton? Uh, I, th- I think if you, if you read Alan's thread, yes, I think you'll find he was. Right. No, what was he on VAR? That was a shocking decision. Don't worry, he'll have been involved somewhere. He was on VAR as <laughs> well. I, I can't remember. Alan, Alan tells but but he, he was certainly... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. But, I mean, it's funny. Been, now, now we go off for a tangent. So there have been, there's been some... Really poor refereeing performances, hasn't it? And whether yeah. that's to do with VAR and they just rely on it. I mean, John Moss's performance. At Villa. Actually, in that game that you we boys ran. around the pitch, could he? Horrendous. I think he just lost the plot. But, yeah. but he does have the best named record shop in the world, doesn't he? Yes. It's yes. in Leeds, isn't it? It's not far from where I live, doesn't it? Oh, really? Yeah, it's about two miles from where I live. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. Vinyl, is it? Vinyl. Can you pick me up some vinyl? Yeah, the vinyl whistle. Yeah. Bit of snow patrol? No, I don't want snow patrol. Oh, okay. no, no. 
This is uh, we should share this private joke. Jeremy, the hard, the self-proclaimed hard man, Yorkshire <laughs> grit, the Go Daily on. Stars man that tells it as it is. Yeah, always likes to big himself. I like up a bit of snow control. Tough, tough, tough guy. Guess he's from, guess his favourite band. Snow Patrol. I like them. favourite band. Snow Patrol. <laughs> yes, they. Are. Beach and Pass. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, love, right. love pop power ballad. Right. Anyway, moving on from um, from uh, disastrous pop bands to disastrous football performances. Um, Arsenal. 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 Yeah. yeah. See what I did there. Um, Matt, inexperience has cost them in the end. In fact, I tell you what, it really felt like it, didn't it? Against Spurs in particular, which set up everything for, for Monday night, you know, for the collapse. I don't know if it's inexperience. I think it's a still a lack of leadership on the pitch. Mm. There's no one there to get them going. Isn't that the same thing? Right. Well, one no, because uh, it's a lack of, it's not the inexperience of the younger players. It's the lack of experience of the older players, if you know what I mean. Because the younger players actually have been the bright spots of the season. They've got the, um, if it's not the experience, it's not their lack of experience. You know, it's not Saka's lack of experience that brings them off the boil or, you know, Odegaard, who's, you know, for all the fact he's the club's on his CV, has only played a few times for Real Madrid. He's supposed to be the leader out there. He is young, but there aren't enough characters that when things are going wrong, like they did very quickly at White Hart Lane and um, and then did again. It was written in the stars they were going to go and up to Newcastle and and just basically, you know, faint away. Um, and it's that lack of backbone that they've still not re- replaced the Keones, Vieiras, the Arsenal. That's why they haven't won a title since 2004. You know, that it's the lack of actual leaders on the pitch that can do it. Arteta, you know, used to be a, a sort of a leader on the pitch um, from the sidelines. He's got no one out there, you know, banging the drum, chipping up players and getting them to respond when they're having a below par performance, which is why they can be brilliant or they can be awful. Uh, and unfortunately, when the pressure was on, they, they just were awful because Newcastle raised their game because they fancied it, you know, a chance to to showcase what, what they're about these days. Uh, and uh, Spurs were definitely up for it. And for Arteta to bleat about the penalty for so long as he did, um, which was he a lot. did he? Sorry? He didn't know, did he? For him to pointedly refuse to bleat about the penalty. <laughs> Um, in a way that made us all aware that it was the penalty that, that robbed them. I mean, it was a it was a 2022 VAR penalty. I mean, let's make no bones about it. You, you know, it's a penalty whether it goes for you or against you. You know, you just have to move on. I think it's the wrong way to play the game, but that's a VAR issue. But you can't start revisiting that when you're throwing away your Champions League spot. And you know, the efforts they'd made to get there, it. It just needed someone out there on the pitch to to get the. I mean, Aaron Ramsdale seems to be putting it forward, self forward as a. You can't lead from the back from all that distance, even you know with his bellowing voice. You need players out there further up the pitch saying to players, "Come on, let's pull yourselves out of this." Not the sort of person like Xhaka who will just go clattering into tackles. Um, you know, you you need someone supposedly leading by example. You need someone who can galvanise the players, and that's what they still haven't got, and that they still seem to reluctant to sign. Uh, for all the, the 
the tippy-tappy players that Art Wenger signed in his latter years. He never addressed that one main issue, and Arteta hasn't since. And that's why they're now staring down the wrong end of the, the gun going into this final day. And, hey, it could still happen for them. Norwich is a f- funny place to go and whatever, but, you know, <laughs> I, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think, I think, yeah, just generally, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just yeah. hope some of our Norwich friends are not listening to it. Yeah, well, well. One in particular. Norwich, is it? That, that, I, I can feel three lots of ears pricking up everywhere. Where they're, uh, all, Did you yeah. see that wonderful clip? Did you see that wonderful clip about the uh, about the Norwich fan protest about, uh, about Delia? Yeah, so yeah, Delia out, Weber out, (laughs) guy with a walking stick with a broad Norfolk accent walking across the beach, and that was about us. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. That's the sort of red hot welcome that Spurs can expect. Um, Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I, I think that ship sailed now, and uh, and yeah, the the only thing Arsenal can do is is lick their wounds and actually sign somebody who can carry Arteta's process actually onto the pitch and get his own clearly he's a man who motivated by winning and and the rest of it but he's got to be able to once once he sends his players over the white line he's got to be able to have someone out there keep reminding the players of that message uh, and just keeping them on focus yeah i'm i'm uh, it's interesting you say that Matt, because i'm absolutely convinced well i think it's true that basically that um unless they sign someone else who perhaps better fills the role Next season's captain or the captain from next season will be Martin Odegaard. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's good and he's very popular around the club and sort of kind of says the right thing. And apparently, the guys respect him and stuff. But is he that? You know, once, know. once yeah, he said, "Oh, Real Madrid." Once he played and he started in the Bernabeu for Real Madrid. Mm. It's his best game for the Bernabeu um, was for Real Sociedad on loan. So he's got no, he's not this Real Madrid Galactico who knows what it's all about. You know, he, he is a kid. I mean, he's a very impressive kid. But but yeah. again, he's another leader by example. And, you know, you just want someone with just more energy out there. That, sorry, that, sorry, Ramsdale would be, wouldn't it be a good choice, Ramsdale? No, it's, I don't. It's too, it's too far back. I don't, I don't like goalkeepers. Well, the recent, okay, it's the Spurs, hasn't he, really? Yeah, what's, what's, what's Lloris ever done? Well, that works at both what's ends, what's doesn't it? in the game? You know, Lloris. He's only won the World Cup. Did yeah. he ever, what did he ever win? Wait, I, thought, I thought you were being serious then for a minute. No, I'm a single-handed, you know, I'm the I'm the one-man Hugo Lloris fan club. Well, oh, he's yeah, all these but Spurs are blessed because they've been phenomenal. Doesn't get nearly the credit he deserves, Lloris. As, as, as captain for club or country. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I'm interested brilliant. in... Uh, the way Arsenal goes, I'm interested in the Arteta, Arteta, Arteta situation. I mean, you know, when you mentioned about the uh, complaining, not complaining about the penalty mm. and about his, his general behaviour and demeanour on the touchline, I mean, you know, it's, 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 it really is just beginning to, to alarm me, really, to a certain extent. And I wonder if that gets through to the players, like, you know... Deflect and blame onto officials, which he's constantly doing. Um, I don't know. I mean, listen, he's got the new contract, so fair enough. But I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced at the moment that that you know he has a a calm enough head, you know, in terms of um, decision making, in terms of what he transmits to, to, to the players. Listen, they're, they're, they're a bit, they're a bit light, and, and the squad's a bit thin. They were a bit unlucky at this stage of the season, to come up against a Newcastle team that was so fired up for it and, like, you know, 
at this stage of the season, sometimes you look at games and you think, oh, you're unlucky to be against a team that's actually trying at this stage of the season, as opposed to others that we can, you know, certainly not. And they were a bit unlucky to that extent. Um, and they can lose the Spurs. I think it's a big leap of faith that the Arsenal board have had um, in Arteta right now. I really do. Yeah. I, I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that they're mm-hmm. they, There was no rush. He had another year. So well, yeah, yeah, yeah. His, um, transfer budget being in the Europa League instead of the Champions League, I think that'll affect who he manages to bring in. Well, I think, I think more than the budget, I think it's more about who they can attract. So I think that they think they, they've got a great chance of Gabriel Jesus, for example, but do they still get Euro Tillemans, who wants Champions League football? It's those sort of decisions, isn't it? That basically, that that's it's, it's those sort of dilemmas, really. Um, I, I, do, I, like, think they, um, I just think they dropped a clanger in January, you know, basically letting too many players go. The squad was way for thin. I know people immediately say, well, they didn't have European football, which is true. But, you know, when you when you are down to, say, 14 senior players, which is effectively what it is, all of those players have to, you know, basically your first choice 11 effectively have to start every single game, have to play every minute. And then surprise, surprise, you know, two of the most influential biggest characters and players this season, Tierney and Party game. Yeah. You know, albeit Tierney yeah. on international duty, but, you know, you could still argue that he's fatigued because he's playing a lot of games. So, you know... That's what you get, basically. So I think that's that's backfired spectacularly. And I just don't know quite why they felt the need to... You know, I don't think... I, I, I'm not saying Artes is not the man, but I just think, why jump in? You know? Yeah. And just yeah. basically... No one was going to pinch him, were they? So no, everyone no, was making nice progress. But it's just like, if next season... Matt, I don't know whether you agree. If they finish ninth, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know? It's just... So... Which is quite, which is quite possible with Newcastle. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, they need a striker out the crossy, surely. Well, I think that he's just will be, will be the man. Yeah, you know? and then basically, if Naketia signs a contract, then maybe, maybe it will be just be one. But if it's if he doesn't, then what about if you're somebody like Bucky Saka? You look. What will you be? Going, what will you be thinking? Will you be thinking? I have to wonder if Arsenal's still the place, right club to be at. Well, listen, I, I did, you know, that's a very obvious question because you've got two years left. It's a very sort of timely, pertinent one. But I do think that basically, having spoken to someone Tuesday, they, they really think that they've they've got a great chance of keeping him and signing him to a new new deal. And they think that basically he's of that character mindset. Let's see, you know, because he's such a good player. He's running on empty now. He's on fumes, you know. It's just because he's played so many games. So how he feels. Yeah, yeah, don't we all? <laughs> but um but yeah, but it'd be interesting. I mean, I just think he's tailor made for Man City. He's such a good player, technically. You know, yeah. so you know what and they need a so winger. Find someone else now. <laughs> they need a winger, to be fair. They've only got eight. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. Well he signed Calvin Phillips as well. You mean Blind will be Yeah. Yeah, you've nailed your colours to the mass there, Jeremy, with Phillips. I was at Leeds actually. When was it? When they played uh, Chelsea, and Mc- mm. what, Gary McAllister was there watching him. Phillips actually for Villa. Mm. He was with his daughter. Um, but yeah, they are keen on him. I just think if if City come in for you, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then, and then also, by the way, we should touch on Newcastle. What a finish. What a finish to the season, really. So, uh, you know, Eddie, Eddie Howe's turned it around. Even delighting the, the North East press pack to, 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 to some amusement, really. But, Thank um, you, Eddie. So, yeah, yeah, clapped out the room. But there you go. Should we gloss over that or not? Um, <laughs> yeah. When you still get a similar thing? Yeah, I, 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 I didn't hear this. So I've not been tweeting about that so much, but there you go. <laughs> I wonder no, why. I, 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 just, I, I didn't hear that. What, Eddie Howe was clapped out of the room? Yeah. Wow. He, was con- he was congratulated on the job that he's done. Eddie Howe reciprocated and said all the, 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 the press back. It was a proper oh. loving, done it? Oh! It'll be similar at United tomorrow and Randy does his last press conference. It will, it will. Hey, listen, the thing is, is Eddie, Eddie Howe's done a brilliant job. I mean, there's no, there's no getting away with me. He's done a fantastic job. I'm a big Eddie Howe fan. I, I said this, you know, a year, a year ago. Well, just a year ago, the... Everton should have employed Eddie Howe rather than Rafa Benitez. Got left out of court by by, by most Evertonians, and they should have done it. Eddie Eddie Howe, I, th- I think, is a fantastic coach. I think he's a fe- he should be a future manager of England. He's a fantastic coach. What I would say is that you know it, it, they point out that you know no manager has ever lost uh, been in charge of a team that hasn't won in their first how many games were it fourteen, and still stayed up, which they have, and they've stayed up you know with with with, with a, um, a a large degree of comfort. But then no team who's lost the first 14 has ever gone out and spent 90 million quid in a, in, in a January transfer window. So oh, he has had that uh, benefit. But he's, he's done a fantastic job, hasn't he? And, you know, you have to say, no matter what, no matter what you what your take is on, on the ownership there, you know, and no matter whether you're... Well, it's a Saudi... If, we're, if it's right, if it is genuine, it's a Saudi away shirt, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, listen, listen. Let, let's we, we've all written it, you know. You know, let, let, let's no, no one's under any illusion about what the ownership is, you know. Well, and, no, and, the Premier League are, Andy. Are they? Well, are they? Are they really? <laughs> <laughs> they're under no illusion. They know who owns the club. Blimey, you know. Not, I mean, of, of course, they. Everyone knows knows who owns the club. It's, it's just, you know, it's just. So, but what, what I'm trying to say is that no matter how <laughs> you can either find it. You'd be either not bothered about who owns the club. You might find it abhorrent who owns the club. You might actually find it positive. But whatever you say, looking from the outside, there are no reservations amongst Newcastle fans about who owns the club, are there? You know, I, I mean, I mean, really, it looks like a sensational atmosphere, sensational mood up there. Um, and that's, you know, that's just a fact. No matter what you think, well, no matter what your take on, whether it's right, wrong, whatever about the ownership, from the outside looking in, there's very few misgivings up there. It'll be yeah. fascinating, Cross, to see what happens in this problem. summer. How much money he's allowed to spend, and what level of player he can attract. So obviously, he signed players in January to, to basically save them from getting relegated. And obviously, Gumaras has been a fantastic signing. Uh, Chris Wood, not so much, but they were just stopgap signings, really, to, to, till the end of the season. Mm. But the summer, they've got momentum, haven't they? They'll be thinking about getting to Europe next season, and they'll want they'll want they'll want to sign mm. some blockbuster signings. So it'd be fascinating to see who he manages to blow there. Yeah, yeah, that has been has been a, a, an incredible turnaround. Credit where credit's due. due, due, due joking, yeah. joking, joking, joking. And I must You've say, and deck I five in the owners in the. Oh, no, I know, I know. It's it's day, day, on the pitch. I mean, happy it, days. It, no, it's amazing. I must, I must say, our, our esteemed colleague Simon Bird has also been, you know, uh, we, we must say, sort of been putting tough questions to 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 Eddie Howe. 
during the the course of the season about the uh, Saudi ownership. So yes. you know, so yeah, it's 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 a it's a, it's a, it's a balance, isn't it? And that basically, um, you know, I, I I've I've been sort of kind of of the view that it's very very difficult to you know for the Premier League to to govern and stop and you know if there's how do you prove the links and the links are, are, are there but you know ultimately you're going to ban a country that we, we deal a lot with but that that away shirt made me feel very uncomfortable I have to say but anyway but there you go so so we'll see but maybe it's not maybe it's not genuine maybe they'll cancel it and maybe they'll have that backlash but there you go anyway moving on to difficult tasks um, for Eric Ten Hag um, Man United um, Jeremy I mean, where where to start with with, with Man United and uh, Eric Ten Hag? Does he really know what he's got himself into? I don't. I don't think he has, to be honest. Um, I mean, they've not played. They've not played for a couple of weeks ever because of the fixture situation with Chelsea. But I mean, we've been over this so many times. Look, we you wish him all the best. You really do. He's done a great job at Ajax. He won a domestic double this season. But you know, let's be honest, the Dutch league isn't remotely close to being as competitive as the Premier League is. And United are, well, they will finish sixth or seventh, which is about right for them. That's where they are now. They're a, they're a top 10 Premier League side. You know, I just don't know. I think his main issue will be to get rid of the players that don't want to be there. He needs to find them new clubs. Um, but he's going to have a problem attracting the level of player he needs to attract because they're not in the, they're not in the Champions League. You know, it's a it's a cliche, but if you're not in the Champions League, you, it just it stumps you really in terms of signing that real top level player. So you know, but but he will say, well, look, this is a this is a four or five year job. We're not going to come back next season and challenge for the title. I think that's safe to assume. Probably might won't challenge for the title for three or four years. So I think he will have impressed upon Richard Arnold, the CEO, that this is they're in it now for the long haul, and there might be some more pain before they get some some you know. Some success, so you know he's got a lot. He's got a lot to do. Yeah, people keep saying to me that, that basically they haven't got huge money to spend this this summer. And well, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't believe that for one minute. Why? When have United never spent big? No, no, no. But like, it will be if if they do one. You know, if they do a big one, it will be one big one because they haven't got. I don't think they'll be able to do a big signing. I, I mean, like. I don't know. Just picking random name. I don't know if they wanted to sign. Who I don't know. Who, who would be a who would be a marquee signing for Man United? Well, for example, could they do? Could they do a Declan Rice and a? You know, I'm not saying they are getting Declan Rice, please. But basically, I'm saying that you know Declan Rice and a you know a Darwin Nunes, for example, the two of them. Mm-hmm. Could they basically basically mm-hmm. do one for a hundred and mm-hmm. one for eighty? Well, what we'll find out is we'll find out if United still have that pull because you know players can go to Man United and quadruple their salaries that's not a secret you know they pay big money but would would Declan Rice want to just be playing does Declan Rice not want to join a club that's playing in the Champions League so let's be honest Declan Rice could probably have his pick of you know, clubs this summer. He may stay at West Ham for another season, who knows? But if 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 Rice goes to Man United, then it's a major coup for United. I know it sounds daft, but it would be a major coup for United because it would prove to everyone that they are still a pull. Mm-hmm. And that all everything mm-hmm. that goes with being a United player is still exists because mm-hmm. at the minute it doesn't feel like it does. 
you've got more players wanting to leave than wanting to stay. That's yeah. how bad it's got, you know. So he, he has Ten Hag has a monstrous job on his hands. I've got to say, and it will, it will make or make or break him basically. As I know. Andy, is it too big for him? Well, I mean, it, it, it sounds an inadequate response, but but we'll find out, won't we? You, you know, I mean, we will we will find out. Um, I, I couldn't tell you. I, I mean, I, I just don't know the guy well enough to make a judgment on whether or not he's going to be a success. Listen, those people in the game who know him better, you know, speak very highly of him. I mean, what you would say is that it's going to be a different job. You know, what people do say is that he had the infrastructure um, at Ajax that was that apparently was very good, you know, before he left in disgrace, Mark Overmars was there, Edward van der Sar, and, and everything was in place, and Ten Hag basically just got on with the coaching. Um, whether or not the infrastructure, footballing infrastructure in the boardroom is in place at Man United has long been open to questions, and that might be an issue. It's just it's just a huge job. I mean, it, it, you know, you're right in terms of who do you attract, which seems a, a bizarre thing to say, is like, you know, who would turn down Manchester United? And that was the case, you know, until not long ago, really. It's still, it was still the case. But it is getting to the stage now, isn't it? It is getting to the stage now where, and this is why I think the Glazers are in a situation where I, I wonder if they'll eventually, or, or not eventually, but will sell in, in the in not too in the not too long long term future. Because you know, you are getting to the stage now where, for a young player, the type of player that you want to attract for a young player, the sort of allure of Manchester United because they were serial winners has gone to that extent. Mm. You know, so, so Declan Rice, for example, if he did sign for Manchester United, you know, listen, let's let's get it right. It's a, you know, it, it, it's it's one of the greatest clubs in the world. But someone like Declan Rice, he would be taking a huge risk to sign for Manchester United this summer, wouldn't he? Yeah. So not only would he not have Champions League football next season. You'd be looking at that team and thinking it needs more than Declan Rice for that team to be finishing, you know, in the top two or three next season, doesn't it? It does need more than that. I mean, I mean, it, it, it's shocking to have a look at that team and think, you know, how do you actually get this team performance at the levels that Manchester City and Liverpool are? And the players will think that as well. So it's a huge job, job. But in answer to your question, mate, I don't know. I mean, it, it could be. It, it's let's put it this way: it is a gamble from Manchester United, isn't it? It is a yeah. gamble. Yeah, it really and, is. And we'll, we'll, we'll see if it pays off. I mean, it, it looks to me, yeah, it's a gamble. Do I think it'll pay off? If I had to have a bet, I'd say it probably won't. I mean, ultimately, ultimately, Crossy, Dunny's nailed it there. The, the ultimate goal is to win the, win, the, win the Premier League title again. And to do that, you've got to be better than Man City and Liverpool, who mm. aren't going to get any worse anytime soon. No. So if you look, you look at that challenge, that is, that is an absolutely enormous challenge. I mean, they've played... I don't know what the aggregate score was. It was embarrassing, wasn't it, for United against those two teams? Mm, yes. Like 15-1 or something. And that that shows you how far behind they are. Yeah, that's school, that's school boy playground stuff, that is. Matt, well, look, interest, interesting one to finish on on this one. Is that on, on, on that final question we've got in our running order there. But what, what would success look like for Man United next season? What's a good season for Ten Hag in his first year? I think, well, I think everyone's the, the bottom line is success is increasingly being drawn on a hard and fast line for a number of clubs. Unfortunately, that number is bigger than four, which is qualifying for the Champions League. Mm. 
you know, if you're not in the Champions League, you're nobody. It's increasingly like that in football. Arsenal have that disease. I mean, it's a trouble. There's already sort of there, there are six teams basically who feel that. Um, and Newcastle will close. I think Newcastle's first step is to get into Europe, but then after that, they'll be looking for it as well. And you know who knows? Well, West Ham will certainly be thinking that because they've, you know, because their prem- whole premise of moving to London Stadium was built on regular Champions League football, having only finished in the top four once in their entire history. Um, so their owners will be believing that that's possible after the last two seasons. Uh, and and yeah, top four football it is the be all and end all, especially if you're a club like Manchester United who are expected to fall into those positions, you know, from further up rather than climb into them from below. Um, yeah, the trouble is they've got, they've got someone who's got no, they've got, it's like they've asked someone to build a channel tunnel and they've appointed somebody who's really eager, really convenient, you know, and really handy with a spade uh, and said, it's all right, we've got Steve McLaren the other end with another spade. We'll meet in the middle and get it done in half the time. It's the wrong tools for the wrong job. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I, I just... Can't see it going well next season. You've got to remember as well, Cross, the top three is pretty much nailed on, isn't it, next season? It'll be Chelsea, Man City and Liverpool. So, in effect, there's one place available because you can't, you just can't see those three teams not finishing first, second and third. Yeah. There's one place for to scrap for for four or five, six teams. Interesting mm. you put Chelsea in there. I was going to say, I can see it all going wrong at Chelsea. Mm. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, twice dropped out to 10th, haven't they, Chelsea? So... Yeah, I just Tuchel is Tuchel in my estimation is like oh, he's off the scale. He's fantastic, been an absolutely fantastic phenomenon this season. But he, 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 he always he, falls out with those above him though, and he's not had any. He does, and then also I do I do agree with him as he was saying yesterday. This squad needs a rebuild. It doesn't need a you know it doesn't need kind of improving. It needs a rebuild, and he's right. And is he then going to be able to do that in a? Uh, uncertain summer, shall we say? Oh. It would be, be, be very interesting, really. But listen, let's finish with final day memories. And what's your favourite, Matt? Let's start with you. Well, it's not my favourite, <laughs> um, but it, but I'll nick your one. Uh, it's the most. It's the one that stuck forever, and that's got to be 1989, which will never be uh, any other way. For a start, it was the only game. Secondly, it was when Arsenal. It was up for grabs now. Uh, and Mickey, uh, Michael Thomas obviously nicked the the title from Liverpool on at Anfield. And, uh, you know, drama will never be written like it for all the Aguero moments. That wasn't a direct head to head. And, uh, you know, and even if Steven Gerrard runs on himself and nods one in at the far post, I think that's going to still take some beating to be the ultimate final day twist. Yeah, there's a lovely sort of postscript on that there, basically, just from a journalistic point of view. Yeah, sort of one of our esteemed colleagues from, from the BBC always remembers being on the local paper in Liverpool when they'd had a full, you know, uh, pull-out ready to go, ready to be published, and the whole thing completely uh, scrapped and binned. And basically he recalls a, 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 a punter walking past the, uh, the press box and said, Get rewriting, lads. God, can you can you imagine having to rewrite a whole season? Mm. Um, Jeremy, yeah, um, a bit before my time, that eighty nine. But I, I remember seeing. I was it. still working. Don't worry, I was on this. I can't go. But sorry, I know this is boring, but I can't look beyond the Aguero because I was there, lived through it. It was an yeah. amazing sort of amazing ten minutes to be to experience live. 
just the look, just the look on the face. Fergie's face was a picture on it up in Sunderland. Mm. Thought he'd won the title, snatched away from him. I mean, I know one City fan who actually left before the end and missed it all. And, you know, he, he'll take that to his grave. He regrets he'll, he'll never get over that. But, and also the look on some of the journalists' faces sat near me because there's quite a few United sort of fans, journalists supporting United that day. And um, they looked ashen. I won't name names, but one one in particular who's pretty pasty to begin with, but he absolutely <laughs> he went absolutely grey at the end when Maguire whacked that goal and it was just it was just one of the moments where you just thought, how do you start to sum that up? Because it wasn't just the goal. Everyone remembers the goal, but if anyone was there, it was just a bizarre game. Joey Barn was running around just causing mayhem wherever he went, got sent off, tried to headbutt Vincent Company. Mark Hughes wanted so badly to win, you know, for QPR because it was against his old club that treated him pretty shabbily when they got rid of him. QPR played some great stuff. I think went ahead twice in the game. It was a great game and a fantastic, amazing finish. But just just to be there and try and actually write about it and try and sum it all up in in one piece was quite quite a challenge. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, Rooney had some interesting and interesting take on that, that game, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. or anything. He's got you got a very interesting theory. You should get Colleen to investigate it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Who, who who done it? I mean, I have to say, it's slightly undone by the fact that QPR actually took the lead at that point. So yeah, it must have been one hell of a one hell of a thing, you know. But there you go to kind of you know go go behind and still come back. But anyway, Andy, let's finish with you. It, it, I'm going 1989 as well. However, I'm going. Across the Mersey at Prenton Park, 1989. <laughs> Going back to my crew days once again, a fund of great stories, and that was just an epic last day. We went into that game. I, I, I was covering it for Signal Radio. I, I remember I, I wore a suit for that game, wow. um, and it was Tramway versus Crew, last game of the season at Prenton Park. Sixteen thousand people turned up. Sixteen thousand at uh, what was? Bear in mind then that was the old Lee Division Four. Well, Again, for, for, for you know, uh, the Premier League generation, there was a Division 4 then. That was Division 4. I think Crew had applied for re-election about 50 times in about 100 years. And um, and anyway, I was covering Crew for the local paper here and, and for Signal Radio on, on a part-time basis. Um, um, me and George. Have you ever met George Andrews? You, you boys have ever met George Yeah, Andrews? I know what you mean, yeah. He's yeah. still George. Anyway. So I was doing it for Signal, and in a nutshell, basically, if Crew needed to win to go up, or Tramay needed to win to go up, but Scunthorpe, who were, I think they were away at Lake Norians, um, they had to win. If they didn't win and they lost, Tramay and Crew could both go up, both with a point. Anyway, the game such was such was the, 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 the such was the unusual nature of fifteen thousand people, sixteen thousand, I think it was, descended on Prenton Park. The game, the kickoff was actually delayed. The kickoff was delayed by fifteen minutes because of crowd congestion in Bergenhead, and um, and so, so the Scunthorpe Orient game, I think, I think it was Orient. So was it? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, whoever Scunthorpe were playing kicked off fifteen minutes ahead of Tramir versus Crew. And anyway, Tramir scored. Ian Muir. Do you remember Ian Muir? Yeah. I mean, that was you know, that was one of the great Tramir sides. Ian Muir, big Jim Steele, um, Eddie Bishop, John Bishop's brother, I think, played for them. Then um, I don't yeah. really knew that. Yeah. Um, Jim Steele. Um, anyways, um, Johnny Morrissey. Anyway, but one of the great Tramir teams. And um, 
and Emil scored for Tramir, so they were one up. And um, and um, a guy called Paul Clayton, whose son Max almost moved to Liverpool for a couple of million quid. Um, I mean, oh, this little the um, anyway, Paul Clayton um, scored for for the Alex to make it one one, and then word came through that Scunthorpe had been beaten three 0 and there was still fifteen minutes of the Tramir crew game left to go. But word got out that if it stayed as they were at one one, they both be promoted. And literally, I mean, I'm not casting aspersions, but it was 15 minutes of basically, I mean, the whole place was just celebrating. And it looked as though they were passing the ball to each other. And it was one of the great days. I remember getting I remember getting soaked up in champagne for the players, then coming back here and having one of the great nights out. I mean, with, with the Alex players. And that's when, you know, I mean, that was all, the last day was all about, pal. And, and that was in 1989. And they got promoted uh, to Division Three that day. And Tranmere did as well. Because Tranmere was a great club. And it was just... Um, yeah, that was that, that was that was my favourite memory of, of, of a final season game. And funny enough, you know, I wasn't even working on the um, on the two on, on the the Aguero whatever, and I followed that on the TV, and that was just sensational. But yeah, I'm going back to my roots there, Paul. That was my fan. How about yours, Crossy? Wow, wow, well, you just can't be 89, can you really? But no, I'm I'm fascinated by that just because it strips shades of what was it, Germany, Austria? Yes, you know, yeah. you know, kind of 1982 World Cup after you. So oh, no, after you. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, listen, it may not be like it, it just looked like that, and it was just. Um, yeah, it was, says yeah. the man. Says the man who earlier said it's all about professionalism. Everyone's professional. You don't get any of that kind of colour, you know. It's uh, it's, it's only nature. It'll only be human nature this Sunday that that some teams will be more motivated than others, won't it? Absolutely. Anyway, guys. So yeah, really good to hear your memories and thoughts. So uh, thanks so much to everyone for joining.